The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, if you love the strategy of season-long fantasy sports and live for the short-term gratifications of DFS, then you have to try out weekly fantasy sports WFS on Owner's Box. Head on over to rotoballer.com backslash box and sign up today. Weekly Fantasy Sports is the best of daily and season long. It keeps you engaged through live drafting and new multi-week games. Owner's Box will also be paying out users who bring their friends on board. Watch the real money rewards pile up through their first ever three-tiered referral system. Add friends, create groups, and rank up to uh, up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. But that's not it. Owner's Box will be matching your first time deposit of up to $500 for any depositors through January 4th. Just head on over to www.rotoballer.com backslash box and sign up today to claim your $500 bonus and join the new wave of weekly fantasy sports. Now, to this episode of Benched with Bubba. back everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 359 we have a special guest returning to the show it's been far too long to have my friend on the show he's the ambassador of the fantasy baseball world he's the number one Rays fan i don't care what jason Clett has to say you can find him on twitter oh, actually no i'm not done yet he's the nicest guy you'll ever know with one of the best wives that understands him better than anybody he is mm-hmm. the best real estate agent in all of florida you can find him on Twitter at Yancey Eaton. <laughs> Yancey, how we doing, man? Bubba, hello, man. It's great to be back. I'm fresh off of a 10-year wedding anniversary. I renewed my vows with my wife. Uh, man, just like you. on look cloud nine. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm like glowing. I'm like a like a school kid. And it's not just the fact that I'm recording in the garage. I'm sweating. Like I'm just, uh, it, it's been a good couple of weeks. The last year and a half has been tough on everybody. But mm-hmm. um, damn it, like I really wanted that 10-year anniversary. Like it mattered a lot to me and it was super special. And I've just been... Now, all of a sudden, like opening days tomorrow, 
you know, I'm, I'm here with you. I, I love the fact that we got to get one of these in before the season started. I'm just like on cloud nine. Like this is the best. I'm yeah. in, in a great, great mood. And I haven't been this happy in six months. That's outstanding. That's great to hear. And I'm glad that we could be mm-hmm. a part of it. Uh, congratulations to you and your lovely wife uh, for 10 years. That is a great milestone, as you were saying. And uh, mm-hmm. thank you. I thank her for allowing you to spend some time with us this evening. So that's great as well. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, We'll have some fun, and we have a lot to talk about and a lot of non-baseball stuff, which is more fun, which is what everybody really wants to listen to anyways. Um, and so we'll get through the, the, the good stuff, but um, we'll do a couple little recent news things. We're going to do our fantasy predictions for the season, and then we're just going to have fun talking. Like I don't know if many people remember last time Yancey was on, he literally interviewed me the entire time, and it was yeah. one of the more fun episodes I think a lot of people had. So, And, and uh, the, the pods we've done in the, fa- in the past year are normally pretty – loose as far as the outline goes yeah. we just kind of wing it um i mean we always end up with a more of an outline than we actually have time for um i have yeah. a little bit of a hard out tonight which uh we talked about off air but um yeah we're just going to jam in as much stuff as we can it's kind of all over the place as far as bowl predictions win loss you know fantasy everything like that just just a mixed bag tonight it's just an excuse for me to spend a little bit of time with you before the season starts perfect perfect well let's have a little fun fantasy baseball wise some of the recent news and it's not on the outline but i'm going to ask it anyways because it's blowing up twitter Alberto Mondesi, IL. Um, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't appreciate people taking victory laps, uh, you know, the day before the season starts on either side. Uh, I, I'm a little heavy on Mondesi. I have a lot. Um, I have him in TGFBI and a handful of other NFBC leagues. Uh, listen, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about it, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, from a game theory standpoint, this is one of the most special players in fantasy. He could potentially steal, you know, 55, 60 bases. Um, I like, it remains to be seen how many steals he's going to, he's going to get this year. Obviously it does not help, but we're hoping for a short aisle stint. And whenever he comes back, you know, he's going to be batting third, like he was at the end of spring. And uh, I, I don't know, like middle finger to the haters, I guess. I don't know what else to say. Like <laughs> if you're, if you're taking a, a taking a, a W on this, just because he got the aisle stint right before the, the season started, I, I don't really think that's a, a very honest way of, of presenting it. But what do you think about it? How do you feel? Do you it have sucks. Any, by the way, uh, the only share I have is a dynasty league that I've been in for a long, long time. Um, I wasn't paying the price for him. I saw the appeal. I talked about it many times on our show. If you're like in a, an overall contest or whatever, I got it. Totally understood it. He's a make or mm-hmm. break person. I just wasn't going there in my drafts, but I'm not in a lot of overalls either. So it, um, I, I see the pros and the cons, and it sucks. It does, especially the day before the season. On a, and like we don't even really know. At least I never saw the information on how it happened, which is really kind of weird. So. Hopefully it's nothing too crazy, and he's back soon. But how, definitely worth monitoring. How much time do you think he misses? Oblique injuries are crazy, and they can reaggravate quickly. So if you bring him back too soon, it can just make things worse. So I'd say, I'd say if you see him by the end of April, that's good. That sucks, man. That yeah, sucks. That, that's. I think <laughs> I think they need to be. I think they need to be cautious, like because if you bring that back too soon, it's it's bad yeah. news, real bad news. So hmm. we'll see on that one. The other news that was dropping right beforehand. You Darvish tweeted out, or an interview with you Darvish tweeted out, that they expect the universal DH to be approved by the end of the evening tonight. Um, that's, mm-hmm. to me, I wasn't drafting, like, kind of either way. I guess it would have made me approach some hitters a little differently with the potential DH. Pitching-wise, I saw the arguments, but when I was in the heat of the draft, it really never sunk in, like, oh, he's in the National League. And, like, I get it. At certain times, it did. Uh, any thoughts on the potential DH dropping at the stroke of midnight? I mean, I've kind of been calling this all offseason, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, everybody kept saying, like, oh, well, it's a it's a done deal now. Like, they're not going to have the DH. And I'm like, but is it, though? The season really has not started, and there's just too much money to be left on the table by both sides by not getting yeah. something done. 
Uh, so even if it takes one side giving up a lot more than the other, it's going to happen. They're not going to leave this much money on the table. Uh, you know, they, they've already eaten it as far as not having, you know, gate fees and stuff like that for a year and a half. So yeah, it, I, I think it's going to get done. I thought it was going to be done the entire offseason. I've been drafting a ton of Will Smith in anticipation of the fact that there will be a DH in the National League. Um, I do hope it's done because like I said, I, I kind of, you know, overextended myself a little bit drafting these types of players that take a massive hit if there isn't an NLDH. So uh, from a selfish standpoint, I want it to happen, but also just from a baseball, a baseball standpoint, it just makes too much sense. Like really like Zach Allen, like is going to be out yeah. for a month and a half because he was batting. This is so stupid guys. Like it's 2021. Let's like, let's get it together, please. Yeah, there's no reason for it. I, I tweeted it out. I was listening to the Chris Rose experience on John boy and he has like different players on every episode. It's like a rotation. He calls it. And mm-hmm. um, I think I can't remember which hitter it was now. It was Stephen Brault. I think. They said he, the coach sent him up. It was, it was him or someone else. They sent him up to bat, and the coach literally said, "Do not swing once. If he throws three straight strikes, walk back to the dugout." That was what the coach yeah. told him in game because even they don't want it. It's like the dumbest thing ever. Um, I think Glass now was talking on his that I would. He said he would sneak to the backfield to take batting practice because the team would not let the Rays pitchers take batting practice. Like mm-hmm. it's because it you know, gets it done, like you said. Um, so I've been with you the whole time. Like I've I've said, hey. As long as they can potentially have longer playoffs and make more money, where that's all that's where it's all at, the DH is always on the table until that first pitch. It is always on the table, so it's just yeah. a matter of it's just a matter of do the owners give them a little bit more money. That's all it is. Like to me, we'll see what it is. But I think all I think also we've seen like in the last week or two. Now there's gonna be fans at all these games. Like they're not sellouts, but that little bit all starts moving the needle. So um, mm-hmm. we'll see see how that goes. So I'm with you there. Those are the, the big movers, um, smaller things like. The Joe Girardi named Hector Neris the starting closer. There's still Bradley or Alvarado there. I've been kind of drafting Neris here and there. I liked Alvarado late just because of the lefty aspect. Uh, anything that stands out to you in that situation, that's going to probably be a mess for a long time. I mean, I, you just nailed it. I think it's going to be a mess. I was staying away from, uh, you know, the first two of that of that trio, and I was just grabbing Alvarado like super, super late. There was a period where I was getting him in like the 700s in NFC drafts and, and, you know, like the 50-round draft and holds and stuff. Um, I think it's going to be alternating a lot throughout the season, and uh, it's kind of like Rays, you know, the National League bullpen situation with the Rays. Um, I, I, thank you for, you know, actually coming out and saying it now because it kind of helps, you know, most of the drafts are already done, but at least we have an idea of what that bullpen looks like and we're not still speculating. It kind of clarifies some, you know, what, what your target's going to be for Fab, you know, next Sunday. You know, I, I, I have to imagine Neris is drafted in almost every single league, but if he's not, like, obviously there's a, you know, another closer candidate that at least for the first you know, few games, like, you know, who's going to be the closer there, but I still like Alvarado. I would still, I would still hold on to him. Like, I, I mean, he throws gas. He's, he's lefty. He throws over hundred miles an hour. That bullpen has been extremely volatile in the past. I know they threw a ton of resources at it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that it's Neris, but definitely hold on to those Alvarado shares. So you guys have them if you have the space for it. Yeah. You've seen Alvarado face up. I, I picked him up at TGFBI this last week. Um, when they traded him, when Tampa traded him to Philly, I was super pumped. I'm like, sweet. He's at least going to split with Naris, if not get it. Then they signed Bradley to kind of make it murky. But Alvarado's a beast, as you've seen. Kinsler, like, too, right? Brandon Kinsler? Yeah, they brought him in, too. So there's a lot of moving pieces there. And like, Tony Watson. I don't. Did he actually end up making the team? I know he was a last oh, day. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know for sure either. I just know he was one of the final, like, maybes on the last yeah. day. He had a bad spring. But you, 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 do this, you, you do this six times a week, man. You would know more than I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was shocked when Watson and Kinsler got signed to minor league deals. I'm like, oh boy, they're they're doing something. Um, yep. Let's go to Toronto real quick. George Springer, like when he had his injury, uh, it was oblique as well a few weeks ago. They're like, oh, it's minor. He'll be back pretty soon. Blah blah blah. Well, now he's starting the season on the IL, and there really isn't mm-hmm. a timetable for what's going on. 
A, how concerned are you now? Because it's really kind of built into something more, it seems like. And does that push anybody on Toronto as more of a play for you? Uh, I was excited about Springer. I ended up not getting him anywhere. I thought that the injury or the cloudiness surrounding his injury and his, you know, his his timetable for returning would have pushed him down a little bit, and it didn't happen. And in 19 NFC leagues, I got him zero times, and it it, it sucks. Um, I don't think that this is going to be a super long stay on the IL. However, I am not a doctor. I haven't seen his medicals. I don't know what that looks like, but I anticipate he's out for the minimum stay. He comes back. He gets implanted right at the top of the lineup. I'd actually love to see him hit second or third, but I mean. He let off a lot for Houston, so we'll kind of see what that looks like. But um, if you're in a league that allows for trading, I guess try to get him. You know, <laughs> hold on to him. Obviously, if you have him, I don't really know if there's anything actionable you can do. You drafted him to to play him, and as soon as he's back in, he's going to be an absolute monster. I think from a runs and RBI standpoint, that entire team is going to be flirting with 100, 100 runs and RBIs. It's just going to be sick top to bottom. So not really actionable in this. Uh, it sucks. It, it sucks whenever you have like your you know, top five or six picks like immediately starting out on the IL like it burns and it, I'm really upset about the modesty thing obviously but yeah just hold and then like I said I anticipate a minimum stay on the IL. The biggest reason I bring these up because yeah you're not dropping these guys that's for darn sure um, mm-hmm. even in a, even in NFPC formats if you drafted them it's just people need to not panic it's a very very long season um, unless yeah. it's like an Eloy Jimenez injury where yes okay you can drop him now like that's just gonna suck. But the rest of them, you can kind of work around that. Um, the Dodgers, we knew the Dodgers were going to dodge it. That's just what they do with the rotation. You're happy if two or three of the big dogs pitch regularly. That's pretty much how it's going to go. And mm-hmm. they're starting now with Dustin May as a number five starter, which shocked a lot of people. Uh, Price and Gonsolin go to the bullpen. I'm not sold on May being the fifth starter all the time. I think it's a revolving door there. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with the back end of that for a fantasy aspect? You know, I was actually just speaking with uh, Sammy Reed. He he did two main event teams he's this a, year. He's a pretty cool um, guy. Yeah, he's okay. Um, uh, Schwebzi in the chat, by the way, says, Yancey, have my babies. Uh, <laughs> I don't even I don't, know who that I don't, is. I don't have a rebuttal for that, but let's go. Schwebzi, sorry. He, he's cool. He's a okay. pitcher lister. Gotcha. Um, I completely lost. Which player are we talking about? Who cares? Yeah, the right? back end of the Dodgers comment. rotation. You're talking to Sammy right. Reed. Yeah, so they, they, they drafted David Price under the assumption that he was going to, you know, be a starting pitcher and it was a little cloudy and I personally didn't buy it either it uh, to me I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that it would be price as the fifth starter mm-hmm. and even with this announcement I, I think I'm still holding on to price uh we you know they start out in Colorado which is just the worst matchup possible but uh, I think you're gonna see a lot of Dodger shenanigans all season long I think you're you're gonna feel great about Dustin May and then all of a sudden he gets moved to the bullpen again or there's a phantom IL stint like we we, we know this there's there's no analysis needed here it's gonna be a mess all season long um if you're able to carry an extra pitcher uh don't count on these guys week by week because it's gonna be an absolute nightmare if you had to have one for the season that you think is gonna be the best price Gonsolin or May which one do you like Gonsolin yeah I'm with you there that's what I was Gonsolin. gonna say is if if these guys are on your waiver wire like the, you know, you hear the experts like like Vlad and these guys talk about you're always churning and burning the bottom. If like you kind of are stuck on what to do for the week and Gonsolin's out there, just go get him for a buck because you never know. The next week he yep. might be the guy. So if, oh, yeah. and then he's going to go for like 150 bucks. So just kind of like think about those kind of guys and even other teams on six man rotations and stuff. Think about that kind of stuff where you can grab them early for like a buck and see where it goes. You're so uh, smart, Bubba. I have my moments. I have my too, moments. It too helps, smart it helps. for young good. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, some people – it gets me in trouble more than anything. Um, the Boston Red Sox, Matt Barnes has a – I guess it wasn't a false positive, but it was a positive without being possible to uh, infest others. I don't know. Very bizarre. Again, you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Um, mm. Matt Barnes will be back, though, with the Red Sox. 
And it sucked because it was Saturday morning, all the big drafts going on. So Ottavino's like moving up the boards. And now it's like, okay, now we're, we're splitting again. If you're looking at that situation, I, I believe both get saves, but it's tough to see who gets it. If you had to go into the season, who do you trust? <laughs> I'm, at the at the start of the season, I'm going with Ottavino, uh, yeah. but he would. I was only drafting him as a temporary fix anyway. Um, I, I mean, again, this is the Philly situation all over. I think if I have either one of them, I'm holding both of them, and you're just kind of waiting to see how this plays out. We're going to see this so much with a lot of these different pullpens. Like, uh, you know, all all draft season, we thought that it was going to be Joaquin Soria, and then all of a sudden, you know oh, it's a bullpen by committee. And, you know, we're, we're talking about Stefan Crichton and uh, Wendell Ken and all these different things. It's going to be the same situation, I think, with the Red Sox, especially whenever you have, uh, you know, bullpen arms that have a propensity to issue a ton of walks. So you're just going to inherently have, like, a revolving door in the closing role. And uh, listen, like, we're, as a fantasy community, we think we're so smart that uh, we're the only ones that know how, like, game theory works and how to optimally, you know, add the most win probability added to a team like managers do know this. And these front offices know this, these are billion dollar corporations. Like they're hip to the fact that it doesn't make sense to have one, you know, capital C closer. So we're going to see this over and over and over again. Fab is going to be an absolute mess this year. Congratulations. If you're able to get like one of the four or five actual lockdown closers, like a Liam Hendricks or, uh, you know that thing whenever you get on podcasts and you suddenly can't remember like really common yeah. baseball players' names? I do this every freaking week. Josh My wife's always like, why do you take so yeah. many notes? I'm like, because I forget <laughs> things whenever I'm on air. It's like this weird, yeah, uh, Araldus Chapman. Thank you. Yeah, Closer exactly. for the Yankees, who's, you know, for the last decade. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, hold on to both of them. And I, you're, both are going to get saves throughout the year. I think we can both agree yeah. on that. Both of them will, will, will walk into some saves. Yeah, I just started I, towards the end of the year with like my light, my late picks. I just started grabbing a bunch of like potential closers, and we're just gonna play mm-hmm. the game and pray that I put them in at the right time. Yeah, it's it's gonna be wild. Uh, last bit of news I have here: Austin Nola and Trent Grisham will officially start the season on the IL for the Padres. We knew Nola would, but uh, Grisham was another one. You know, pulled up with a hamstring. They said the next day he's walking around fine. He could play. Blah blah blah. That was like three weeks ago. It feels like. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. It already concerned me with the hamstring that he it could really affect his stolen bases. But now he started on the IL. Um, I know drafts are done, but how concerned are you with Grisham's injury? None at all. Not at all. Uh, I, I think they made all of these additional infield moves, signing Profar, uh, signing uh, Sung Kim. Like it's not a secret that they they're they're now in Dodger territory, right? Uh, both teams, the San Diego Padres and Los Angeles Dodgers, are competitors. They both have super deep lineups top to bottom so anytime you have even the slightest injury or you know impingement on a player this is what we're going to see you're going to see them move to the il because it is a long season and both of these teams know that they're going to be in the playoffs um you like basically like this is the opposite situation of like a chicago white Sox team where yeah they they're very very top heavy as far as like impact bats but they do not have a ton of depth in that system at all and so you're going to see players playing hurt a little bit more. Whereas with San Diego, every time they have any type of Nick or whatever, I'm talking in circles at this point. No, I'm not concerned. Yes. He'll be back next week. Like what else is there to say? Um, I I, I, I thought this was the outcome the entire time. And I was kind of planning accordingly. So like, you know, obviously don't, don't drop them. Do we have to say this? Don't drop your fifth round pick. Dropping was never an option. (laughs) That was for sure. But uh, I'm curious to see how aggressive they are with him on the base paths out the gate. Cause you're drafting him partly Mm -hmm. to steal some bags. So I'm curious on that one. Um, let's go to some season predictions before we get to the really goofy, fun stuff. Um, some of these will be baseball related, like real life. The others will be fantasy wise. Uh, we'll start with some real life stuff here. AL East champions, Yankees, Jays, Red Sox, Rays, or Orioles. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this will surprise some people, but I almost never pick the Rays to actually win the division, uh, mainly because they do not push their chips in whenever they can. They don't care seemingly about the now. They're always leveraging the now for the future. Uh, so I think this is going to be a competitive team. I think they're a playoff team, but I do think it's going to come in the form of a wall card. And I think the Yankees kind of win this game or this division comfortably by you know four or five games or whatever. Um, I do think Toronto keeps it extremely close. And I do think Boston will be much better than last year. Uh, I think Baltimore is still in the AL East and they're going to be Baltimore for a while for the foreseeable future. <laughs> sorry to all the O's fans out there. Uh, but sorry, yeah, I, I think it's the Yankees. I think it's the Yankees. I do think that some of the changes that they've made uh, from an organizational, like uh, a training staff uh, ideology, as far as like, Hey, you know what? Maybe we don't have to have, you know, Stanton and judge like working out and maxing out and, you know, being like absolute Greek gods, like let's work on flexibility. Let's work on these soft tissue things, this actual maintenance and uh, just that little bit of, 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 of the workout routine and the regimen being different. I think that's going to like really help them out a lot. And they do have a ton of options. The Yankees, like if, if they need something, um, you know, they're going to go get it. And there's, I, I think you're going to see a lot of teams selling super early this year and just trying to recoup whatever financial, uh, you know, bring back that they can possibly get. And the, I think the Yankees are going to be one of those teams that they load up on this. You're going to see them making three or four trades before the all-star break. And uh, I, I don't see the Rays doing that at all, unless they're giving up present value to do it. So it's the Yankees. Uh, the next couple of divisions will be a little bit shorter, but yeah, it's the Yankees for me and the, the Rays take a ball card. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. The Yankees, I think the Blue Jays will be better. Um, I always pick the Rays for the wild card just because that's what the Rays do. Yeah. Um, the Red Sox, I do agree though. The Red Sox, I think will be better than people think. I still think they lose a lot of games because their pitching is just atrocious, but their offense is much better than people I think are going to give them credit yeah. for. So they're going to be winning games like 12 to nine and stuff. Like that's what they're yeah. going to do. But the Yankees, man, if they could trade for like one more pitcher, that's going to be scary. But uh, yeah, they're yeah. very good. Like you said, the, the training stats, they have the big boys doing yoga, which is actually very intelligent. Like that's what they should yeah. be doing. So it yeah. makes sense. Like you're saying. Um, I will say totally. this, um, not not to cut you off real quick, but I I, I see a, I see a path for the Red Sox. I see Chris Sale coming back and say he he is Chris Sale. You know what I mean? Or ninety yeah. percent of Chris Sale, right? Say Tanner Hawk or Hoke or Hauk, however the Hauk you say his name. Uh, <laughs> I think there's something there with him. I, I do. I think he's interesting. I think if Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, kind of gets the dead arm situation under control and he gets his stamina up, like there's a path to this team being good and the like the near future. I, I, I do yeah. believe this. And again, they're another team that has resources they could trade for them. So sure. I, I think they hang around a lot longer than people anticipate. Yeah. Can't argue that at all. Let's go to the AL central. Things do get interesting at the twins, white Sox, Indians, Royals, and tigers. How do you see this one breaking down? Uh, so I, I think this is a little bit of a hot take. Everybody's all in on Chicago. Uh, and I love the white Sox. Some of my favorite players I'll play for them, but we, we just mentioned this at the top of the show. I do not think that that is a deep team at all organizationally like they they're going to be already rolling out some scrubs losing Eloy was huge just the stupidest injury just such a a a nail in my coffin like right before the season starts because I have him everywhere um that sucked so I'm kind of down on the White Sox just from a winning the division standpoint they may back into a wild card and we may find out here in a couple hours Bubba that there's gonna be extended playoffs and you know half the freaking league makes the playoffs like we can't roll that out but um, I'm taking Cleveland every single year 
Cleveland is just there. Even whenever we count them out, uh, they know what they're doing with pitching. There's so many arms there. When you're trading like a serviceable fifth starter and Adam Plucko for basically nothing, just because you have such an abundance of arms. Um, I, I just love what they're doing. Jose Ramirez last year, you know, yes, it was a shortened season, but he led all of major league baseball in war. This is just a really talented roster. Um, and I don't want to rule out the fact that they could potentially add a batter too. Um, you know, I know they need some, some left-handed help really, really badly, but, um, every year they're there and, Pitching in the bullpen is just going to be amazing. So it's Cleveland for me. Um, I actually don't think that this is going to be super close. I think Minnesota is another team where they're an extremely old team. A lot of stuff can go wrong for them. And I think it's just Cleveland jumps out in front and they basically hold that division all year. I, I don't disagree with your logic there. I'm still going White Sox, but I am terrified because the depth is horrific. So mm-hmm. like that, that is like they have to run pure. I think they're the most talented team in the division, but they have to run very pure. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Um, so if it's not the White Sox, I do give Cleveland a nice nod there. The Twins, the age thing worries me, and every year I say it with them, their pitching was not – they needed to do something with their starting rotation, and they just don't do it. Like, they don't yeah. make themselves better. And we see it – like when they get to the playoffs, they get destroyed because they have no pitching. So um, I'm going to go with the White Sox still, but I am very – I've said it on a few other places. I'm very aware it is terrifying with the depth or lack thereof that they bring to the table. Um, AL West, Astros, Angels, A's, Mariners, Rangers. Uh, This is probably the stupidest um, thing I'm going to – well, we're still young in the show. I say a lot of stupid stuff, so I can't say this. Yeah, this isn't the stupidest thing I'm going to say, but uh, this is more of a wishful thinking thing. I want the Angels to be good so bad. I I want them to be good so bad. I want Mike Trout to make a deep playoff run. I'm enamored with Shohei Otani. I think I I said this a couple weeks ago, and I got all kinds of feedback from it, but Shohei Otani is the best baseball player in the world. Okay, and then everybody thinks they're so clever saying, well, he's not even the best player on his team. Uh, Does Mike Trout pitch? Do you not understand what baseball player means? I didn't say best hitter. I didn't say the best pitcher. I said best baseball player. Like, do I have to make things so simple? Like, do I have to spell it out for you? (laughs) Like, uh, I I just think this team is really intriguing. I really do. Um, You know, we've been waiting for the the Andrew Heaney breakout for uh, it feels like six, seven years. Uh, But there's there's so much talent on this team. Like, I can see a scenario where like they lead the American League in runs, and I I truly believe that. I think Rendon like still has another you know, two or three years in him of just being a phenomenal hitter. I love everything about this team. And again, I understand that their track record, track record is porous, but like them making a move, like, you know, getting Rysel Iglesias for basically nothing and then trading him for, you know, Noe Ramirez or, you know, giving away Noe Ramirez and then Noe Ramirez getting cut and then them going back and re-signing him just as like a, you know, just kind of like a, hey, let me show you. What, what did I say, Bubba? It was a, a, a BDE energy you know the uh, yes i won't say yes, it on your yes. show because i don't have to edit it out but yes it is your initials but <laughs> I, I just like I, I like where this team is at this is this is the most narrative like i don't know like feelings type of take that i have but i want it to happen so bad that i want to like profess it with my mouth and manifest it out in the universe that i think the angels are going to be good i want them to be good um and yeah i'm, I'm picking the angels i just I said it wow i don't disagree with you i i think the astros are still the heavy favorites as we expect but uh, on yeah. Monday's show where I had a sports betting kind of look at totals and everything, the Angels to win the division had a lot of value. The Angels to win the AL had a lot of value. And Shohei Otani to win the MVP had an insane value because if he does pitch and hit, he should be the MVP for everything you just said. So yeah. I was with you on all of that. I'll go with you on the Angels because I said it on that show. I like they're like plus. Wow, look at us. They're, they're a heavy, a heavy, because like, I think it's A's or A's, Astros, Angels or Astros, Angels. Astros and A's are pretty close odds wise. And then the mm-hmm. angels are third. I think the angels are much better than that. 
Um, They've made improvements to the rotation, like you said. Their offense hasn't been deeper in this in a long time. So I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Angels. I think you're on to something there. I do think the Astros are a lot better. It's one of those I want – if I want to take the the lazy way out, I think the Astros and the Angels both make the postseason. Let's put it that way. But I just I I, I went yeah. I want bad things not bad things yeah, I want the Astros. Astros to not be good that's what I want <laughs> I don't want to say I want bad things to happen yeah. to you guys know what I mean but yeah I, I just you know they think, lucked out they got they got good. the ultimate the ultimate simulation in the multiverse right where it was yep. they get caught for cheating they're about to get up against it they're about to be just destroyed at every ballpark in America right and they. A pandemic comes by, and I'm not saying that the worst thing to come out of the pandemic was that the Astros didn't get booed mercilessly. Like I'm not, I'm not so petty as to say something like that. That'd, that'd be a horrible thing to say, but in a weird way, like they literally like got the best result out of that, which is like they yeah. never got that comeuppance that they were, yeah. you know, going to get. So yeah, I mean, I'm all for the Astros missing the playoffs. Please, <laughs> please, God, do that. Get them. Get them. Um, let's go to the National League real quick. The National League East: Mets, Braves, Nationals, Phillies, Marlins. The National League. I'll say it before you start. The East and the Central are a lot are very interesting. So, what do you have in mm-hmm. the East? Uh, I ended up going with Philly. Uh, I think that the offense is fantastic. I think that the bullpen is much improved. They put a lot of resources into it. Uh, I think the pitching is great. So, last year, uh, I can't remember. I was I was listening to a, a podcast, the Raise the Roof podcast. It's like a smaller uh, raise centric podcast. And I actually had Jason Stark on, and uh, I can't remember what the exact number was, but the Phillies led all of baseball. Uh, in the number of games where they held a lead last season. So obviously it was a 60-game season, but I think it was something like 48 or 49 out of 60 games. They held the lead. The only other team that did more than them was the Dodgers, which obviously makes a ton of sense. But like this was a really, really good team, and their bullpen just destroyed them. So naturally, we have to assume if they put a ton of resources into that bullpen and they're committed to making it better, I I just feel like this this, uh, division as a whole is really tightly bunched. And it wouldn't surprise me if... The Phillies finished fourth, you know, like I'm picking them to win, but like, I would not be surprised if, if the Braves overtook them, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets overtook them. I still like Washington. I like Miami. You know what I mean? Miami's pitching. They're super deep. And I think that they have a major league caliber, uh, you know, roster. Like I really do. And, you know, to their credit, like you know, keeping guys like Garrett Cooper and signing a Jesus Aguilar, Corey Dickerson leading off, like these are real major league players. This, and you know, they got much better in a hurry. So I think that this is going to be the tightest division uh, between, you know, first and last place. It'll be the fewest number of games in any division in baseball. But uh, ultimately I'm picking Philly, but I don't feel as strongly about this one as some of the other ones. Yeah, this one's tricky. And I, I could hear arguments for almost all five teams because the Marlins are much better than they get credit for. And I, I, I should pick the Phillies because I think I've rostered like all the McCutcheon, Harper, JT's Hoskins like my team has at least two of those guys in like every roster this season mm. I'm going with the Nationals still okay. and it's mainly, for the fa- it's mainly for the fact that I believe Scherzer is still very very legit I think Corbin can yeah. be better the, the biggest flaw for the Nationals is the starting pitching and I, I will admit that out the gate uh, I still like their bullpen I like Rainey hand somehow gets it done I just learned to accept that like it's just mm-hmm. weird but he does it um, their, their bullpen's much better than they give him credit for but that offense is very, very good. And the additions of Schwarber and Bell and the potential of Robles leading off with Turner, who's actually showcased the power last year, and Soto, who uh, could be the next Mike Trout type situation. I think their offense is very, very good. And I think people are sleeping on them because the Braves are outstanding and the Phillies are great. The Mets made all the moves. But to me, I just, you just wait for the Mets to Mets type thing. That's just the way it feels like it's going to happen. So I'm going to go with the Nationals. But this is the division that – 
I wouldn't put your money on anything here. Like it's it's so wide open. Yeah. Well said. So, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Central Division: Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, Pirates. Uh, one thing I know for sure: the Pirates will be finishing last. Yes, I'll agree um, on that one. They are a very bad team. However, they do have some pieces that I like. And every year in fantasy, it was like this with the Marlins. It was like this with the Orioles. It's this year with the Pirates. There will be pieces on here that you're going to want to take. Look, I think Brian Reynolds bounces back. I I always have Kevin Newman on a league somewhere. He is the best. Like, oh, you have a player that's hurt. He's multi-eligible. Sw- you know, slide them in there, whatever. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about the last place team that much. I think the Brewers win just because I really like their rotation. And they're one of the few teams in baseball where it's like they're trying to decide who their fifth starter is. Like it's a legit competition. It's not just like lip service for the fans. Like they have, they know what they're doing with pitching too, just like uh, Cleveland does. I, I mean, I love Freddie Peralta. I love Brent Suter. I love Josh Hader. I love Devin Williams. Um, you know, there's there's half a dozen pieces in that bullpen that you know other teams would just die to have. And um, I'll say this: I'm, I'm taking them to be the winner. I have St. Louis finishing second. I have the Reds finishing third, the Cubs finishing fourth, just because I don't think the Cubs are serious about winning. I don't think they really care about winning right now. And that organization top to bottom is an absolute mess right now. Sorry, Cubs fans. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not. Who cares? <laughs> um, but I will say this. If Milwaukee, for some reason, say they tank at the beginning of the season and just, you know, they're out of it early, um, man, they're going to be a really interesting trade partner for half the oh. league. I, I, you're you're going to see a lot of trades. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Hader gets moved. I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Williams gets moved, to be honest with you. Um, why not sell a, a reliever at the absolute apex of their value? And they could make a killing off of this. So um, I'm picking the Brewers, but I reserve judgment. Like I said, if, if it comes the trade deadline and they're six or seven games out, they could move a bunch of pieces and they could just completely retool for next year. Yeah, they've already shopped Hader in the past. So that, that that's always on yep. the table with the Brewers. Um, for me, it came down to the Brewers and the Cardinals. I agree the Cubs. I think their offense will be better, but they're trying to sell anybody they can right now. So yep. it's like anything could happen at any moment. I'm very angry the Reds gave up because they had a very good thing going there, but that sucks. So it's like Brewers, Cardinals. I go Brewers because I think their offense a is better and I do like their pitching much more. The Cardinals are such a professional team that they they find ways to continue to get it done. Like Wainwright still is very good, and they did improve their offense. They're going to be good, but I'm going to go the Brewers as well. I love that rotation, just Woodruff and Corbin Burns alone, let alone mm-hmm. the other guys you throw into the mix, uh, the Peraltas, the Lindblums that could be there, the bullpen like you mentioned. So, yeah, give me the Brew crew. I'll be with you on that one. But the Cardinals are sneaky there too. Like, oh, I guess sneaky is not the right word, but they're definitely there as well. Mm-hmm. All right, the easiest division in the National League. Well, potentially, if, unless you want to spice it up a bit. Uh, it's the Dodgers. Don- yeah, yeah so I was say, I, I, I'm a Giants fan, and it's like, yeah. just don't finish last. Um, yeah, Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. I'll say this, too. I definitely feel very, very strongly that the Padres are, are a playoff team, even without the extended playoffs. Like I, I feel yeah. like they're a super strong team. And just looking at Arizona and Colorado at the bottom of this division, I don't think those teams are going to be great at all. And I, I, I see both teams being sellers. Um, I actually have a prediction later on about Colorado that I'll, I'll save for future reference. But um, I, I anticipate some some big, big, big names being traded from Arizona and Colorado and San Diego and the Dodgers. I, it's going to be one of those situations like in the you know in the early 2000s where like the Red Sox and the Yankees were ahead in the AL East by like 24 games. You know what I mean? I think we're going to see one of those situations in the NOS. But I do think it's the Dodgers. I think the Padres are, are much improved. But, um, you know, like they still got a ways to go. And I think everybody kind of knows that. Yeah, I'm, you're, you're, I'm, there's nothing more for me to add. It's just this is why the Dodgers can mess with the rotation because they're just going to blow this thing away. Like, at least they should. 
So yeah, like yeah. like on fan on Fangraphs playoff odds, Dodgers have a ninety eight point four percent chance. The Padres ninety two point three percent in the same division. That's, seems so, good. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> um, if we're talking about the League Championship Series, the LCS, what mm-hmm. two teams make it in the American League for you? Uh, I think I wrote this down somewhere. Give me one second, please. Please hold. Um, I have the Padres and the Dodgers. So that's your National League, okay? Yep. Padres, Dodgers yeah. in the same one. I'll, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And then for the ALCS, I have the Rays and I think Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, I had this mapped out, but then I I etched out a bunch of stuff. I think it's the Rays in Cleveland. I'm taking the Rays to win the World Series. By the way. You know what? No, no, no. You're let's, let's... So many Homer comments there. Listen, the problem listen. is I don't disagree. The Rays are good. The Rays are good. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, let me let me say. You know what? Actually, let, let me let me do let me do a a, a mia copa. Okay, I'm going to stick with what yeah. I originally said. Uh, this is the cute cast. I'm going to get cute. Okay. Yeah, get cute. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on my Phillies pick. I'm gonna take the Phillies to make it to the World Series, Ooh. and I'm gonna take the Rays to go to the World Series. It's going to be a rematch of 2008, whenever That'd they be beat awesome. us four games to one. And I'm going to take the Rays over the Phillies. That is That's my good. prediction. Put it down there. I feel good about this. Let's I do love it. it. I love let's it. Anybody it. with anybody with the Dodgers, it's always my mantra. So let's yeah. go do it. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm not even going to give video. That's perfect. I love it. Give me the Rays. I want the Rays win for you. Um, I like rooting for them anyways. Like they're a good young team that just they're mm-hmm. always young, but <laughs> good young team that yep. just there's too much goodness there. Um, let's do some fantasy predictions real quick. We won't do all mm-hmm. of these because I want to get to some listener stuff and everything else but um from a fantasy perspective who do you think is the top offensive player this year uh so this is one of my most home players and i've been i've been on this one hard uh i think it's going to be a shortstop that hits 50 home runs and i think it's oh, I know, I suarez yeah. <laughs> that was one of my bold predictions for rotoballer i said he leads all shortstop and home runs yep yep i saw yeah. this um yeah. and you and i are in lockstep with this one i think that yeah. Eugenio suarez his adp has just been just unbelievably low and you know mm-hmm. to their credit i think drafters are kind of smarting up to this like in the in the last few lead up the weeks leading up to the season um you know this guy has hit more home runs than any player in baseball over the last three and a half seasons this is a really really good player last year you know yeah the batting average wasn't there his bat was super low i think he batted like 202 or something like that but still hit a bunch of home runs i think 15 home runs like this guy just hits he just absolutely hits um you know, like I, I don't really think anybody was expecting him to get shortstop eligibility, but it doesn't hurt. You know this, Bubba. We draft a lot of NFBC leagues. Like any extra eligibility I can get, it's Huge. a super plus bonus. Huge. Hell yeah! Um, I'm actually taking him to win NL MVP too. I'm gonna put that out I, there as I well. Like um, I think he's just—it's just like one of those picks that's just like kind of like I'm—I'm I'm always trying to be more mindful of like let me look at these players who last year we were taking these guys much mm-hmm. earlier than we are now, and why are we moving them down? Uh, another example, Cattell Marte. I have him everywhere. One of my most home players. I absolutely love Cattell Marte. Even if you look at the projection systems for him, like they anticipate him hitting, you know, close to 30 home runs with a 290 average and stealing, you know, eight to 10 bags. Like I think he can outpace what he did in 2019. I think he can get MLP, MLP, MLP MVP votes. Uh, like I, I think he's just fantastic and he's getting completely slept on from an ADP standpoint. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, awesome Meadows is another one. We, we know what this guy's capable of. He was dealing with an oblique strain. He had COVID. Uh, Yoan Mankata is like the low hanging yeah, fruit that everybody kind of goes for, but I, yeah. I get it. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you, you, you're like, Oh, you know, the 60 game season doesn't count, but then everybody drafts these guys according to this ADP yeah. where all these players are pushed down because of short season performance. It doesn't make sense to me. So Suarez, one of my huge breakout picks, Austin Meadows, Cattell Marte. Um, and I'll give you another one too. Dansby Swanson. 
Um, He's going like getting 11 shortstop right now. It's crazy. Yeah, 11. And, it, and, and it, honestly, it doesn't make sense. I think that lineup yeah. is just going to be unbelievable. Last yeah. year, I was getting even like the 250s, 260s. And I, I went on a, a podcast with Nick Pollock, and I actually said that I think he could be potentially a league winner, which is just a fantastic call. Like, obviously, I'm so smart. Everybody should just... <laughs> You know, just latch on to whatever, whatever thing I say, you know, but um, yeah, those are a couple of mine. What about you? What do you got? I love all those. Um, I, I'm, I, I could say Juan Soto, but that's too easy. It's like, duh. But I, I, I think mm-hmm. he legit has triple crown upside. Like, dude's that good. So mm-hmm. I have to at least mention that. But for me, I am big on Reese Hoskins. I think people just hate on him. But if you look at the projections, like you look at even what he did two years ago, when everyone thought he had a down season because his average was down. The power was there. The stat cast metrics were there. All that was great. Stat cast, mm-hmm. metric, stat cast metrics were there last year. He's just having uh, some contact issues, but he's also hurt last year. He's healthy yep. now. He, he says he is. It's all I can go off of. Um, so I think he's a big bang for his buck. I think Joey Gallo is going way too cheap in drafts. That's the yeah. guy that was hurt last year, and he admitted it. And um, I, I, I say this on every show I do. I need to just write down the guy's name. There was an article on Pitcher List, and I forget who wrote it. It was well done about the – the injury and how it affected his stance at the plate, his approach to the plate, and how pitchers started pitching him differently. And now he's adjusted that. You saw it this spring. He's crushing baseballs. So I think he's another one that can go off. And a super late one, if you want to have some fun with it, I think Mark Connor is going way too late in drafts for a guy that's going to be leading off. I think that's just dumb. So him and like Robbie Grossman, way too dumb where they're going in drafts. But that's just me. What, what do you got for pitchers? I was just going to say very quickly, though, I actually wrote down right here Robbie Grossman. I don't understand his ADP at all. This guy stole eight bags in like 56 games or something like that. He's going to lead off every day for the Tigers. Um, you know, he's trade date. Like, we'll be honest with you. Like, they signed a veteran because they want to trade him at the trade deadline. But uh, for half a season, this guy's going to be getting a ton of run. And, you know, Mark Hanna's another. He's going to be leading off. The counting stats are going to be there. Doesn't really kill you in any area. Batting average won't be great, but he's going to be, you know, he's going to hit home runs and he's going to steal some bases and score a ton of runs. I love both those picks. Your, your mic's still a little wonky. Play with it again real quick. I'm so confused. You sound like you're calling in from uh, first time, long time. Yeah, you're right. Hold on. Give me one second. Sorry, guys. This is uh, like it's I said, it's my first time. It's all good. Technology is a beautiful thing. I tell people this all the time. It's absolutely amazing. Here we go. How does this sound? Perfect. You're back. Perfect. There we go. All right. Who do you think your top pitchers are this year? Uh, again, this is the Homer cast. This is a cute cast. <laughs> National League. Uh, I'm going to go with Blake Snell. Uh, listen, everybody, everybody always states the obvious whenever they're talking about a player, right? Uh, and sometimes a player is being discounted and it's for a reason, but then you're counting the reason why they're discounted twice. Okay. So you say like, yeah, well, you know, I, I really like Blake Snell, but you know, third time through the order and like, look how the Rays used him. But yeah, that may be true, but also. The Rays did that, and he still won a Cy Young. And he did that pitching in the AL East. And he did that with all of those restraints placed upon him as far as usage and and time through the order with the Rays. He's now pitching in the National League, which, you know, it's still up in the air whether or not we have a a universal DH. But even if we do, like, he's going to be pitching against the Rockies a lot. He, he, I mean, he's going to be pitching against Arizona in Arizona. You can can say the Giants. It's okay. You can say it. Yeah. You you won't offend me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's going to be pitching against the Giants. Like, yeah, there, I said it, okay? He's going to be pitching yeah. against the Giants. I'm going to take Blake Snell. I just think it's a fun pick. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you Darvish won it either, to be honest with you. I love that team, man. I just love what they're doing. Yeah. It's just, um, I'm, I'm taking him. And then in the AL, I know you're on this too, Bubba. I've seen your rankings. This is your SP4. I love Lucas Giolito, man. Yep. Love yep. Lucas Giolito. I have a feeling like this is going to be like the year where he's just like, you know, just completely shoves. Like tomorrow, he's going to have 14 strikeouts. You guys heard it here first. You know, he's if you're... 
if you're a betting person, please, you know, latch onto this. I'll sell my picks. $1, v, you know, Venmo me, whatever. Um, yeah, I just love Lucas Giolito, man. He is he is so amazing. And I still think there's an, an like an extra level to him. I think yeah, he's I just to, now trying to catch a stride, you know. I need to get a, a Giolito jersey or something because I'm way too invested this year. Like way too invested. So it's going to get going to get fun with him. Um, I agree with that one big time. Yep. The other guy I have a ton of, and he's going much later. I think, I think Marcus Stroman is going to be way better than his ADP of around 200. So that's a guy I'm rolling on. I preach that one on a lot of shows. I think I I've only gotten one share, and it is so tilting because every all it takes in, in a league is one person to feel the same way you do yeah. about a player, and you miss out on them. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach a little bit, and then somebody reaches on your reach, which is just super frustrating. But um, I just want to acknowledge a couple comments real quick in the chat because uh, yeah. for whatever reason, every time I get on a live stream, the, the chat just goes insane. Uh, Evan, Evan, my buddy Evan Reimold, uh, he says, uh, that sweat rag, Yant's getting after it. Yes, I yeah. am. It's very hot. I live in South Florida and there's not AC in the garage. Yeah, and he uh, he, he records in his shack in the garage. I don't, if people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, th- it's not a gig or it's not like a, a bit. It's not me being funny. Like it is literally hot as hell in here. Uh, uh, Evan also calls me a hater and also a homer. A homer. Yeah. Both of these things can be true. Uh, Cody, Comac, your buddy, too. my buddy. He yeah. says, Yancy, why are you fully dressed? I'm very disappointed. Uh, Listen, this is the same story that uh, Alex Chamberlain, my wife was not a fan of me uh, being naked on stream. <laughs> you guys don't get the goods without like the bad. And, you know, my wife has to put up with a lot. So we're not doing that, yeah, right? This isn't an OnlyFans. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, D. Mendy says, I need Yancey's lighting for all of our shows. It is just yeah. a, a simple blue light bulb that I put behind me. Uh, all of a sudden, the garage is being nicknamed the Grow House, which I'm personally <laughs> fond of. I don't smoke weed, and I definitely don't grow to my house, guys. So that's not what it is. It's just it's like a mood enhancer kind of thing. But I appreciate the comments from everybody. Oh, that's outstanding. Um, with all this messy bullpen situation stuff, just for fun, mm-hmm. like what late round closer that doesn't technically have the job do you think leads with saves? <sighs> Good question. Uh, if you give me two seconds, let me pull up my player shares real quick, and I will mm-hmm. give you a really smart answer. Um, just as like a, a a hedge, I was drafting Emilio Pagan everywhere just yeah, because it that. was free. Um, and now he's, you know, the remain event be. leagues going yeah. on in the FBC all, all weekend. He was going super, super early. Doesn't that make uh, you so feel that, good? It, it makes me feel good. Yeah. It's a little bit of justification. Um, I'm just looking down through here. Let me see if I can find anybody. I, I will say this: If Rysel Iglesias happens to go down, Mike Myers or Mayers uh, for Los Angeles, that's a dart throw I like a lot. Um, we mentioned Jose Alvarado; I love holding on to him. Like I, I like these types of relievers, like a Josh Dalmont or you know a, a, a Barlow, Scott Barlow for uh, KC, yeah. where you can kind of look at it and you can see a path to where all right, if somebody gets traded or somebody goes down, they could get saves. But even if they don't get saves, Bubba, we know this playing in fifteen team leagues all the time. I could I feel good starting some of these relievers, these middle relievers, if they're going to give me four or five innings and they're going to strike out seven or eight, and maybe they look into a win, maybe they don't. But I would rather do this than, you know, pray yep. to God that you know whatever scrub we're rolling out, like you know Kyle Gibson or something like that. Like th- yep. that's kind of where I'm heading, and I think that's where you know a, a lot a of lot these high stakes that's that's where they're heading too. Is you know yep. you want to have two or three of those guys to where if all right, you know what, I'll go ahead and I'll roll this guy out. Um, I know this isn't really the question that you asked me, but no, it's fine. It's um, a great topic. It's a great topic. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say the Casey bullpen. I'll say Stomont and I'll say yeah, Barlow. I like both of them a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think Peter Fairbanks, if you're in your own backyard, I think he can be interesting. I, I know it's a mess there, but and this was before mm-hmm. Nick Anderson went down. Like I have a lot of Pete Fairbanks, but I, I thought he could be interesting. But I like your point you made there. I've said it on a few shows, but then I even dug in more and I kind of wrote a kind of an article about it. Um, 
that there's a reason why I think like Freddie Peralta's Michael Kopech's like before Peralta got in the rotation, uh, these kind of Randy Dobnak now, these guys that we know like uh, go two or three innings and you get yanked out of there before it gets bad and they yep. get you a few strikeouts. They don't kill your ratios. I'll take that twice a week over a Kyle Gibson star, like you said, stuff yeah, like that because, all day. Especially because like the, the way Major League Baseball scores things doesn't make any sense. If no. you're a starter, you have to go five innings to get a win, but you could come in and get one out and be credited with a win. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You remember so the year a couple of years ago where Ryan Yarbrough was following an opener oh, yeah. and he ended up I getting like 16 or 17 or wins? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just doesn't, man, it is so hot in here, guys. I'm so sorry. This is like so disgusting. Um, but yeah, I, what 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 point was there? I don't even know what I'm saying now. No, it's so just the different relievers. <laughs> I, I, you use the different relievers over the starters. Um, I did it a couple years ago in TGFBI. I know I'll be doing it more this year. So, and mm-hmm. I think that's why the tout league I'm in. They got rid of wins. They're using innings pitch just to kind of you just play good pitchers more than anything. Yep. I know there's more to it. It's much more to it than that, but it rewards the good pitchers basically, not just the yep. guys that luck into wins type situations. Mm-hmm. So. I like that quite a bit. Uh, let's do some listener questions, and we'll mix in some questions you have and some other things here and there. But we got a lot of them, and we're going to start out with the banger. because I just do them in the order they come in that I see them okay. at least. I, I, I have not looked at much of them at all. so I was Okay, well, this is the, then we're going to start out with the banger it. out the gate. Our let's buddy Michael Simeon, SP Streamer, does Good Yancey guy. wipe front to back or back to front? Good Lord, Mikey. Um, uh, very quickly. I have a story about this. Uh, I was, uh, in sixth grade, I was playing pop Warner football and I had to get a sports physical. Uh, so they sent me, you know, like the entire football team, there's 30, 40 kids there and we're all getting a physical standing in line, waiting to get a physical. And there's this really nice Asian doctor, like this older guy. And he asked every single one of us the exact same question when he's giving us a physical. And he literally stood there and he said, do you wipe like this? Or do you wipe like this? Like putting his hand behind his back. And everybody's looking at him like, what? And he was basically like giving us a lesson of like, don't pull fecal matter up towards your genitals. That you need to pull it away from it. And for whatever reason, that stuck with me. I'm really sorry that you guys couldn't see the visuals who are just listening to audio only. But yeah, this guy just like, you know, like it stuck with me as like a six, you know, in in sixth grade. Like I I cannot forget that. He always said like, you never want to pull up. You always pull away. Always. Don't. That's so funny. Yeah, so that's that's my answer, just yeah. you know, from a sanitation standpoint, obviously. Yeah, Simeon, whenever you have a, a child, you will learn real quickly. It's always front to back when you're when you're cleaning up your kid. You'll learn real quickly. <laughs> Otherwise, it just gets everywhere. So it's always front to back. Yeah. Uh, you'll learn that one. Um, Matt Williams, our buddy from Roto Fanatic and NBC Sports Edge. I'm finally saying that. I said Roto World forever. I still um, do it, and I think people I think I'm doing it, it to my, be insulting. I yeah. type it into my bar still as Roto World, and it just takes me there. It does um, redirect. Yeah. Yes, very nice. He asks, what would Yancey do if fear was not a factor? He could not fail. So what would you do if you could do anything without, like, failing was not an option, basically? Mm. Uh, I would love, this is this is kind of weird, there is a vacant bank uh, that has been, bank, like, not occupied for seven, eight years in, in, in my town. And every time I drive by it, I always think, man, I would love to do something with that. You know, it's multiple stories, big glass windows. It has a drive through in it. I would love to make it like a partial coffee shop bookstore and then also rent out some of the office spaces. And like, I have my office upstairs and just make it like this, like multi-purpose thing. And, you know, you could do like a little farmer's market and you have a drive through and everything like that. Like, I love this piece of property so much. It doesn't make any sense. Cause like I said, it's just like a bank and you know, you've all seen like a bank of America. It looks just like that, but I think the location, I think just the idea of, you know, selling used records and vinyls and, and having a little mini coffee shop in it, my wife and I running it together. That, that would be like the dream for me. Ultimately, like that's what I'm that's working awesome. towards. Yeah. I like it. 
That's pretty sweet. What, um, what about Cody, you, Bubba? What about you? No, no, no. What you would, answer too. What would I do without fear involved? Hmm, it's a good question because I always wanted to do a sports announcing, but I guess this is close enough for me mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I think I've always wanted to run a sports bar, not like a, just to get party bar, but I've always wanted like a cool sports bar where all the games are on. Like there's good food, not like trashy, like trashy bar food's good once in a while. Don't get me wrong, but like yeah. you go to certain bars and actually have good food and you're like, okay, this is awesome. And I can sit here and have yeah. a couple of drinks and watch the game. I've always wanted something like that. So that's always mm-hmm. something I've wanted to do. And that could be a big failure uh, thing at times. So you've got to be very careful at running yeah. a, a bar. You'll, a you'll lose your ass like with yeah. restaurants and bars. I've heard this before. Like it is the easiest way to like lose, lose, lose your entire life savings. Yep. There's a reason why there's a show called Bar Rescue that makes like 12 seasons now. <laughs> it's, it's a very common thing. Yeah. Um, our buddy Comac Do, he's got three questions for you, Yancy. Wow. What's your secret to a happy marriage? Um, I appreciate the question. Uh. I'm going to channel this spirit of uh, Toby G, Batflip yeah, Crazy. Yeah. There you, go. Um, you know how he always says with fantasy, he's like, there's many ways to win, right? Uh, he never tries to say that he's better than anybody else and that he has the answers and everybody else doesn't. Like, he's always like, I don't know. Uh, for me, my marriage, it's completely different from yours yeah. and Ashley's. It's, it's, everybody's marriage is different. Uh, I will yeah. say this, uh, always communicating things out and never making assumptions about your spouse always helps, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Your marriage is a delicate garden and you have to tend to it constantly. <laughs> Things yep. that used to work a year ago are not going to work today. Things that used to be cool are not going to be cool anymore. Um, whenever she says she's fine, she's, she never is. Right. <laughs> and you just have to re- respect that. And I'll say this too. Like um, my wife and I, we both agreed that we never wanted to be the spouse that told the other what they can and can't do. Obviously like we, we make decisions together and that's how we live our lives. But I'm not the guy that says, no, you can't do that. You know what I mean? So I would I would say that try to uh, try to facilitate your partner being the absolute best version of themselves and figure out whatever you got to do to make that happen, whatever that means for you and your relationship. Um, and yeah, just try to be that person that like uplifts them and realize that like you guys are on the same team. It took me a couple of years to realize that lesson. But once I did, it completely changed my marriage. That's outstanding. Communication is very important. I will second that in a heartbeat. Um, Yancey. Dream part-time gig when you retire. So not a full-time, you retired. But what's like a part-time gig you dream of doing? Hmm. Well, so I mean, not, I mentioned that. You mentioned yeah, you could do like your little coffee shop, record shop yeah, thing. That could a work. part-time gig? Yeah. I would love to teach. Um, I was I was kind of a shithead. What, what I can't remember. Are we, are we allowed to cuss on the podcast? You can do whatever you want. I was kind of a shithead in school. Um, you know, I made good grades and stuff like that, but I didn't try. And I, I could have applied myself a lot more. And I feel especially guilty about like teachers who... Um, I was just really difficult with just because I was really immature and insecure. And, you know, that was my way of like getting attention or something was to make it difficult on teachers and knowing now how difficult they have it, how tough their lives are. Um, like if I could go back and like do anything all over again, it would be like how I treated teachers when I was younger. Um, so like as a way of like paying it back, you know, paying it forward, what have you like recompense for my sins kind of thing. Like I would love to be a teacher and, you know, take interest and like show it, like show a level of care in like people's lives. Like I had amazing teachers who like, you know, took me to functions and, and gave me a ride. And oh, if I didn't have money for a field trip, they gave it to me. You know what I mean? And like just being like that type of like person to somebody, I would I would love to do that just to be like a, a teacher. That's a good one because teachers are kind of like that, not I wouldn't say forgotten person, but they're just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it's your job. Well, no, it's not half the time. <laughs> it's really not their job. Yeah. So that's a good what one. About, what about you, Bubba? I think it's pretty corny, but like just let me be an usher at like Giant Stadium. Like, Why is that corny? Me- 
Like, well, because people think it's like a dumb job, but like, you know, at least a giant stadium. I don't know if all ballparks, but it's usually like some old guy or old old lady that's mm-hmm. just working the stands. But they love life; they're having fun; they're mixing it up with fans. But oh, yeah. you also get to attend every game. You have like great seats. Like, I I, I think that'd be a fun retired. You, you even like, you even get relationships with with all the the players, the minor leaguers, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, you know, I've told you I live in Fort Myers, and we have the Red Sox and the Twins. Their spring training is here, and then we also have the the mighty muscles now they're called these be called the fort myers miracle is the twins affiliate so like you know we have ushers that come down here and they're all snowbirds and they're all seasonal workers you know so they come down here they stay in their condo and they they work as an usher and you know like these people like they have relationships with these teams like the byron buxons of the world and the miguel Sano's. like they've been watching these guys for years you know i I just think it's like the coolest thing i i actually love that you said that because i could see myself doing that like it's it's they're, they're always like the happiest people. They're so happy to be there. I know they're not making yeah. anything for money, but yeah. like you said, you're not doing it for the money. It's just something to do. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun. So I would mm-hmm. do that one. That would be mine. And then Cody's last question, where outside of the U.S. would you most like to live and why? Uh, good question. Um, probably, probably somewhere like the Netherlands or Sweden. Uh, somewhere a little bit colder, but not super, super cold. I've never seen snow before, so I don't want to be like completely overwhelmed by that. But um, you've never seen snow. You just barely. I've never right seen. There. I've oh, never man. seen snow before. Yeah, I know. I, no, I know. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just like <laughs> we need to. We need to fix that. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my wife's taking me on trips and stuff, like up north, like in the middle well, like, of the winter. I, I, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to live in the snow. Trust me, but I, I don't mind like visiting it and leaving. I can't live in it full time, but like mm-hmm. visiting it's well, that's fine. Yeah. What's your answer? Mine is uh, Italy. Um, Italy. Probably not Rome so much. I absolutely love Rome, but maybe one of the small like vineyard areas outside in the in the open area out there. I loved everything about when I visited Italy. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. It was beautiful. The people were nice. I love Italian food. The wine's great. Like I could retire and just live in like the hills out there somewhere. I absolutely love yeah. it. So that'd be my choice. Um, Stevie Yo asks. Would Yancey ever consider running for public office? If the answer is no, what if it was the newly created position of baseball ambassador? I would only do the baseball ambassador if there was a term limit and it was like an unpaid position. It was like an honorary position and I didn't really have to put a ton of time into it. And like people didn't really like get at me if like I wasn't doing things I was supposed to. Um, I don't know about the running for office thing. I've had people like my mom used to be really big on that, like constantly push me to like, you need to do this, you need to do that, run for this, run for that. And, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, like not to like take a super negative arc here, but uh, the thing about politics is like it kind of like self-selects a certain type of person, and that's the type of person that's that fair. covets power and influence. Yeah. And that's not really my bag, uh, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying that there aren't good politicians because obviously there are, and I do believe that fundamentally, like people are good and our intentions are good. Um, but man, it just it just it seems to corrupt the hell out of people, mm-hmm. and. I feel like you, there, there are ways that you can make more of an impact, a direct impact where you actually see like tangible results within your community. Like, like we mentioned, like being a teacher, you know what I mean? Being, being a foster parent, you know, which is something my wife and I have talked about doing, you know, there's, there's ways that you could directly impact people's lives and kind of be that change you want to see in the world without having to like be a mouthpiece, you know, be like somebody that like goes on TV and, and, and goes on, you know, MSN or whatever. And, you know, I, I don't know, it's just not me, not me, but I mean, Shout out to whoever does it, because obviously we have to have some sort of representative democracy. But yeah, not me. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's 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 not for me either. I'm with you. Um, Aaron Pags at Fantasy Triage asks, if I invite Yance over for an afternoon barbecue and tell him to bring a bag of Doritos, which color do you bring? Um, 
and they're all good, aren't they? I've yeah. never met a Dorito I didn't like. Uh, my <laughs> wife really likes the spicy Doritos. The spicy uh, I, 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 I'm down with that. I like Cool Ranch too. I'm not gonna lie. Right. I like the classic. I like the classic yeah. Doritos too. I, I, I I've had dreams where, like I woke up in the middle of the night just thinking about Doritos. I'm dead serious. Like, Dorito, like I don't know what it is about that fake ass cheese that they put on there. Like whatever the powder is, but it's good. It is really good. It's What's your much answer? better than the fake ass Cheetos cheese. I'll say that much. <laughs> it's probably it's probably the exact same cheese. Oh yeah, this one this one's like four times as much. Yep. Yeah, it's probably exactly what it is. I'm a cool ranch guy, but I do not hate the others. I actually yep. a lot of the newer stuff I've never even tried. Like it's usually cool ranch, or like the spicy. It was like my two I just go to. That's mm-hmm. just what I have. But I've always been a cool ranch guy. I guess I'm just. My wife always tells me when we even go to restaurants and stuff, try something new. I said, why? This works. So yep. <laughs> that's what I do. So yep. yeah, I stick that route. I like what I like. Yeah, exactly. It works. Um, Art, Mr. Cheesecake from the Triple Play Fantasy Podcast. What is your favorite draft or who was your favorite draft pick this season and why? Do you And then, yeah, we'll start with that. These two questions. Favorite draft pick and why? Um, Eugenio Suarez, baby. Yep. Not to beat a dead horse, but uh, you guys are sleeping on him if you don't have multiple shares of him. I mean, the value is there. It's obvious. All signs point to him being completely healthy. We've already seen it. Uh, like we, we've seen this before. It's not like, uh, there's two, there's two camps in fantasy baseball. It's like the people who are like, Oh, well, he's not going to do it again. And there's the people who are reaching because they think that they're going to take another level. Right. We have players taking, you know, uh, what's a good example, Vladimir Guerrero jr. In the third round of NFBC main events, because they're, they're anticipating a next level that we have not yet seen. Can he reach yeah. that? Yes, he can. But also like I drafted John Carlos Stanton in a 15 team league at 167th overall earlier this year at 167th. And Pretty, we've seen, uh, we've seen him hit, what was it? 59 home runs. Yep. Like, come on, you know, like to me, I I'll, I'll say Stanton too. I'm pretty freaking proud of that one. I'm really, really proud of, of some of these late round dart throws that I had for closers that are, they're, they're going to work out. Like I mentioned, like the Emilio Pagans, uh, you know, the Cedric Mullins, the Robbie Grossman, the Corey Dickerson's, these super cheap outfielders that like everybody left for dead. They're going to be leading off and are just going to be like a really nice plug and play when you have an injury. I'm really proud of those too. Really proud. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my favorite draft pick for the season. I, I'm not going to say Lucas Chilito. That's too easy. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I think it probably comes down to like those later ones, like the Mark Connors of the world and stuff, because it's just, they're boring, but they're late, and there's going to be steady producers you don't have to worry about. Like so many late picks, yep. you kind of stress about, and you sometimes you're dropping and stuff. As long as Connor stays healthy, I, I he's just going to be in my lineup every week, and that's yep. a, that's a very good feeling to have. When I have one more. Picks. I have one more weird one, not to cut you off, Papa, but yeah. uh, I was drafting him in the fiftieth round in a in drafting holds. I'm curious. It was Chris Archer, and oh, the I second, love it. I- yeah. The second that they announced that he was signed, all of a sudden he's going in the 36th, yeah. 37th round, which again, that's still a super late draft pick. But, but you know, this like you have yeah. to take shots at guys like these. Mm-hmm. And oh, any yeah. player like that that is just going to play has value in those leagues. So hey. for me to get a, a windfall like that just felt amazing. Like that was instant vindication. Like that pick already worked out, even if I don't, yeah. you know, actually slot him in my lineup at all. Yeah. I remember I almost dug it up, but I wasn't going to do it on Twitter because, you know, that's just not fun all the time. But I remember when the Rays signed Michael Walker, I tweeted out, this is a great move. It's a total Rays move. Like, they could play with his innings. He's going to be good when he's out there. We saw it last year, blah, blah, blah. I got roasted by so many people saying he's done, he's this, that. Well, they they said he wouldn't make the rotation, all these things. Well, I hate to break it to people. Yeah. He's he's, he's made the rotation, and the Rays will use him just the right way they need to use him. So, like, do they not know how franchises do things? Like, it it was a total Rays move. It was beautiful. 
Like so. That's the part that kills me with with with, with people whenever they're, like they're making assumptions about this Rays organization is like the Rays like are telling you what they're going to do, right? They're not going to give $3 million to a player, which we scoff at $3 million nowadays, right? We're so used to $350 million contracts. But like if the Rays are going to give $3 million and a guaranteed contract to somebody, they are going to play him. They're going to play him and they're, they need to leave their options open. They're not going to cut them. They're not going to, you know, just DFA him or whatever and, you know, hope that somebody picks him up for the major league minimum. Like they're going to recoup that value somehow, whether it be they're rolling him out every fifth day or they're using him as a long reliever or they trade him, but they're not going to eat that money. So, yeah, the second they announced that he signed him, you, you're absolutely right. Like he, he should have been on rosters. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, David Mendelson, our buddy D. Mendy asks, what does mm-hmm. Yancey enjoy more? A Chaz Rose slider or making fun of Doc on a live stream? (laughs) (laughs) Easily, Doc. Easy. Yes. Easy. That boy loves his phone, man. Oh, my gosh. Every 15 seconds, I look at him, he's just staring down at the phone. I love giving Doc a hard time when I'm on the show. <laughs> like when I'm on the show, I just love roasting him left and right because I know he yeah, can I take it him. for one. He's like that. that those, the I can't. Remember, I think it was the second time I was on the show. I remember when they broke the news to me that they're actually all related, and I I wish people could go back and look at the video of like my reaction because it all just clicked of why they get along so well. Like it just made yep. so much sense. Like they have Thanksgiving dinner together. Like it's just simple. Yep. Oh, because I, I, kept, I kept telling him, I said, for three guys that started a podcast like less than a year ago, you guys flow so well. And I'm like, oh, makes sense now. Gotcha. Yep. yep I agree. Um, I had, that same, I had that same epiphany moment. So, yeah. uh, Sammy Reed, he asks, and I don't know if we want to get into this because you just said epiphany, but so do you guys believe in angels or dot, dot, dot? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, uh, this is a, a long standing inside joke. Um, whenever I flew out to California for Sammy's bachelor party, mm-hmm. um, you, you know this, but I'm, I'm yeah. a little, I'm a little awkward, I'm a little bit out there, right? The cut <laughs> of my jib is a little different than, you know, most of the time, you know, the people that you have on this podcast and stuff, that's fine. Uh, and we're in the car. It's like, it's me, it's Sammy, it's Doug Thorburn. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of Sammy's friends that, you know, he's known forever with yeah. this guy that he met on Twitter. And this is the first time he's ever seen him in real life. And we're driving in a car and there's like, kind of like this, like lull in the conversation and, you know, me being like, all right, what do I do? It's kind of awkward. You know, I want to keep the conversation going kind of thing. Cause I'm just like sitting here and I don't know what to do with my hands. So like, I asked him like, do you guys believe in aliens just as like a conversation starter? And I, apparently they thought that was really funny. And now like it's, it's morphed into like this mocking of like, do you guys believe in angels? Now he says that all, all the time, but um, I don't know how I feel about either. I feel like the universe is very big and we don't know everything. So we could be surrounded by angels right now and we don't even know. We just don't, we don't have the tools to see them. So I say, yeah, why not? Aliens, angels, lizard people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all of, all of the above. Boba. <laughs> so in, in, in the bottom line of this whole thing is there's extra forms of life out there is what Yancey believes in. That's what we've yes. got to know. Yeah. So I like if it. you open up your heart to receive them. Yeah. And all, all I have to say is <laughs> I love Sammy. So like I, people might think I'm making fun of them on certain things on Twitter, but like, I know you, like we get the joke, like you mm-hmm. guys get the joke. And yeah. um, I pray for Sammy because his uh, main event team with the other two guys, the Gilcast. Oh, uh, Davis, Davis and Nate. Yeah. Destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. I know. And, 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 and he's, and he's hearing about it. Sammy's hearing about it, but you know what though? Like, Sammy knows what he's doing. Sammy knows yeah. what time it oh, is. I trust Sammy. I trust Sammy, like, but I, I wish like I didn't have the I didn't listen to the four hour podcast of it or whatever. I did. But I yeah. I just want like a 
like I want like a forty-five minute just edited down like the hits portion. Just give me that where Sammy just goes, "Are you effing kidding me?" and stuff like that. Like that's all yeah. I need. That'd be great. There, there was a moment where Sammy literally said at one point, "Like Davis, stop taking players. Stop just taking players." <laughs> awesome. So good. Yeah, I love it. All right, Jesse Jordan asks if Yancey was a unicorn asleep and dreaming. What superpower would Dreaming Unicorn Yancey have? What a question. Yeah, also, that's... shout out to Jesse. My, my man's lost like a bunch of weight, getting healthy. Super proud of him. Jesse was Glad from to... um, the, nasty the Nasty Cast, cast right? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Excellent thought recall, yeah. He's back on Twitter. He was off for a while, Beautiful. but Jesse, shout out to you, man. I'm super proud of you. Love you, and I'm glad you're doing well. Um, superpower, probably flying. I know that's such a basic answer, but holy shit, if we could fly, Bubba, are you serious? That'd be pretty cool. Be pretty that'd cool. be dope, man. That'd be so dope. Yeah, that'd be What's pretty darn cool. Um, superpower. I've always wanted the ability to like, I guess flying's kind of close, but I want to be able to just like click my fingers and like be somewhere else. Like teleporting? Trans- I guess that's what, yeah, something like that. Like not beam me up, Scotty, but you know those those like superheroes that kind of like just close their eyes like now, now they're in like LA or something. That'd something be lit. Like that. I think that'd be I- awesome because just traveling would be so much easier. I would say this too. I, I would not mind being able to see through things. Can you imagine yeah, like playing poker that. and stuff like that? Oh my God, dude. Ooh, Just dirty, print factory. Dirty, you know what I mean? Dirty. Just, but I like yeah. it. I like yeah, it. That's my I second. Feel you. All right. Well, this that's is the weirdest the show you're, you're going to record all year, isn't it? No, I love it. Those are the questions <laughs> I have. Do you have any questions? Um, I, I have a couple more things that I want to rattle off very quickly. Okay, just some things, it. some calls that I want to get on, on the record. Right. So like, you know, this, like I don't have my own podcast for those of you listening. If this is the first time you heard me on a podcast, it's kind of like a running joke. Nobody really knows like what Yancey does. I don't have my own podcast. I don't write, I don't do anything like that. But, um, basically like it's like a make a wish foundation in the fantasy community. Everybody just invites me on and I make my rounds and like everybody like lets Yancey do his thing. So I just have a couple more predictions that we didn't touch on that I wanted to mention very quickly. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year, do you have a pick on that? Because we kind of glossed over the awards. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I like Kyle Tucker quite a bit on that one. I'm is gonna he still go rookie Kyle eligible? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to assume he is. I'm going to go Kyle Tucker. If not, it's going to be a Rosarena. Okay. he is. I keep hearing this a lot. I keep seeing this a lot, listening to it on podcasts written articles, everything like that. Everybody's You guys get too cute with these awards, right? Holy yeah. crap. It, it's a Raz Arena. It's not even close. This yeah. dude's going in like the fourth round of drafts. Like, and he was amazing in the shares. playoffs against like so. the best pitchers in baseball. So it's a Raz Arena for me. Like, don't get too cute with it. I would, I would bet my entire life savings on it. Uh, NL Rookie of the Year. Again, do you have a pick? Because I think there's only one answer. NL Rookie of the Year. I'm trying to think who's NL eligible at Rookie of the Year. I'm like, brain farting right now this is great while you think about it i'll i'll give you mine okay give you a moment uh brian hayes is a phenomenal defender that works uh he can make a ton of contact he plays on a bad team but i think he is just really really good and i can't think of like a you know i don't think gavin lux is going to play enough to make an impact and if if alec bombs qualified he's there but i i think i'm with you on hayes like uh i had james anderson on after the, the shortened season and i had him on because A, I love having James Anderson on, but B, because there's so many people, so many players called up last year. Like it was like, mm-hmm. oh wow, we actually have some fantasy relevance potentially for the next season. So we talked about him, and he broke down Cabrian Hayes like I'd never heard it broken down before. Maybe I just don't listen to the right pot, uh, prospect podcast, but he talked about him, and he said legit his power keeps developing, which we saw even last year kept developing, and we've seen it this spring. And he basically said Cabrian Hayes could be an easy like 2020 guy. 
if not better. Like legit, Dude. that's awesome. Yeah, I want it. I only have one share out of the nineteen, and I, I, people kept grabbing them before I could. It's kind of like your story about um, Strowman. I couldn't get mm-hmm. Hayes anywhere. Like it was it made me. Angry. Alec Baum too. Alec Baum too. I, I don't know what it is about like younger players. Like people want to be early and they want to be right on them. So it's mm-hmm. like it basically saps all the profit potential out of them just because they just keep going earlier and earlier and earlier. So, you know, obviously there's a give and take there. What's nice about whenever these players get pushed up or, you know, I, I've said NFPC like 15,000 times, I should be on the payroll, how much I promote them for free. Mm-hmm. But, um, but like wh- whenever you're pushing players up, certain players have to be pushed down. And a- as a result, you end up seeing like these boring old veterans getting pushed down. And that just makes, a, you know, an excellent buying opportunity. Um, I was just speaking with Sammy before we got on the air uh, he drafted his second main event team last night and it literally looks like, you know, like the all-star game from 2016, I think is what he tweeted. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Like it's, yeah. it's the Altuve's it's Max Scherzer. It's, it's Clayton yeah. Kershaw. It's, uh, you know, p- players like that, that are just super, super boring. But you know, Anthony Rizzo, that's another perfect example. Like these players, like guys don't sleep on them. Like you don't have to have every single pick be some sort of smash home run, super sexy play, super young player, that type of thing. Yeah. No, um, um... Real quick, Bloomfield, I remember he tweeted one out, like he did a DC, like the first nine or 10 rounds. And I've heard like um, Erickson and some other guys talk about it. You legit could have done like a 2019 ADP draft and like crushed in this draft. If you just for, if you just forgot 2020, which you shouldn't forget all of it, but if you just forgot 2020, you could have an amazing draft. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, uh, again, we're kind of like circling back because I know we had, we wanted to get our listener questions in. So I'm kind of like, going back to things we talked about before but can i get on record what your world series pick is i had mentioned the phillies and then the rays overtaking them uh do you want to get that on record as well i will go the rays and the padres that's what i'm gonna go with give me two wild guard teams getting there and i think i hate to say it i think the padres win it just because of what they've done to a pitch their pitching staff is like if it gets to the postseason where you just need like three starters they have like four that mm-hmm. staff is scary. So, because right. even can I get LeMay, you on record, uh, like he could be using a smaller role there, it'd be dangerous. I, that record? was my next question, actually. We have a little bit of an audio delay, so sorry if I keep talking over you. It looks oh, like you're no done problem. talking, and then I, I keep hearing it in my ears. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that rude, guys. I don't just like talk over Bubba whenever I decided he should be done. Um, do you, do you, give me, give me an over under for innings pitch for Lamette. What do you think that looks like? Because I have not taken him anywhere. And there were, there were a couple of moments where I was highly considering it because, you know, eventually every player becomes a value. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I just, man, I, I, I've been down this road before and it never works out. So like, where are your, where are your thoughts at with, with the Nelson Lament? It was a few, it was probably a couple of weeks ago on one of my shows. Um, I think it was with Max Greenville or it was Carmen Marcano, not Carmen Marcano. It was a different episode, but I had a previous episode and we started talking about Lament for this very point. And he drafted him, I think, in round like nine or something. And I started looking back, and I'm like, okay, if we start getting like the round ten or around eleven, say around pick one fifty ish or or later, I'll listen to the discussion then. And and I know I'm, I'm probably still later than most. Like I could see, you know, one hundred to one twenty being worth it. If for somehow he pitches all season, he's very good. I just don't see how he stays healthy. But if he got to like one fifty or later, I could debate taking him. So give me an over-under, though. How many innings pitched do you think he, he pitches? I'm going to hold you to it. 80. 80? That's it? Wow. Okay. I think he's going to spend some time on the IL, or they really baby his innings. They baby his innings as, as in a way like to a, manage, yeah, so to he manage doesn't him. get hurt kind of thing? Okay. That yeah. makes sense. 
Okay. Um, let me see if I have anything else. All right. Yeah, I have a couple more bold predictions. So one of them, uh, I, I I can't remember who it was. You've done so many podcasts, and I listen to every single one that like I actually struggle to remember who said what on your podcasts. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I can't remember. Uh, anyways, I'm I'm particularly fond of one Hunter Dozier, and I don't know why. Um, multi eligible. He's going to add triple eligibility about a week and a half into the season. Um, I feel like he steals enough bases to be valuable as a first baseman eligible player that is going to steal. Uh, there's only a handful of guys that could potentially do that. You, you, maybe like a Christian Walker, uh, Kesson Hira. You and Toby are both like in love with the Kesson Hira stolen base profile at first base. I, I get it. Um, my prediction for Hunter Dozier, right now he's being taken as the 25th first baseman. He's going to be top 10 at the position. Uh, right now his ADP is 229. I think next year we're literally going to be taking him like in the top 125. I think that's going to be a thing that's going to happen. I still think that like there's another level there. There's a ton of pedigree. I, I'm in love with Hunter Dozier. Uh, I also want to put on record that I think Marcus Simeon gets AL MVP votes and his runs plus RBIs is going to be over 240. So over 120 runs, over 120 RBI, just like he did that one breakout year in Oakland, except he's going to be doing this playing in a minor league ballpark in Dunedin, Florida, guys, not Dunedin, Dunedin, Florida, (laughs) and, you know, potentially playing in Buffalo again. Like, weirdly enough, like as much hype as, as this Blue Jays offense is getting, I almost feel like people aren't actually acknowledging what those numbers could look like. Mm-hmm. Like this is yeah. such a deep lineup. When you're talking about Randall Grichuk and Rowdy Telez as like your backups, that is a deadly, deadly offense. And, and, and then you add to the fact that just, you know, pitching is going to be such a shit show to, you know, to begin with, because they're going to be babying these pitchers after last season. Hitters don't, have to be babied like that so i think we're actually going to see you know even with a dead and ball i know we have to take that into account too i'll I'll believe it whenever i see it but even with all these different factors in i still think that like the the hitters are going to gain more on the on the pitching side of it like they're they're, they're going to score more than they scored last year dead and ball be damned and i think that uh, the blue jays are just going to leave that i'm gonna my goal is i want to stack blue jays at least in one lineup every single day of the season. I don't blame you. Will you join me? Yeah, I don't blame you at all. I think Dunedin, they're going to be great because it's going to be hot and humid. The ball's going to fly. Uh, if they transition to Buffalo, which there's talks of, we've seen what it does there. And even mm-hmm. Toronto, the ball flies out of. So they're probably going to play in three stadiums this year, and their offense is going to be insanely good. So I agree with everything you said there. I think the Blue Jays' offense is very, very good. Okay. I, I did have a question to ask you personally. I'm going to rattle off my last couple of picks. Like I said, this is more of like a, for posterity, for you to get this out here into the world. Bubba, thank you for, mm-hmm. you know, indulging me kind of thing. Um, I also had Tyler Malley, Tyler Malley, Molly next year. He will be drafted before Jack Flaherty. It has more to do with I'm really high on Molly and I've never been particularly enamored with Jack Flaherty. Like we're still banking on one half of a season that he was super good. And I feel like his body of work is actually kind of light. Uh, so I'm super high on Tyler Molly. Uh, I'm taking the under on 12 pitchers recording a save for the Rays. Okay, that's okay. fair. Yeah, under 12. I actually think it's going to be a lot more consolidating in that bullpen than in years past. We forget, just a few years ago, Emilio Pagan was the closer for the Rays, and he got like 95% of the save opportunities. Everybody thinks they know what this organization is going to do, and then they do the opposite. We're still talking about openers. Like, oh, yeah, the Rays are going to use opener. The, the, the Rays almost completely moved away from that last year. Like, they did that because out of necessity, and then they they pivoted to something else. And I think this year, don't be surprised if, like, all of a sudden, Diego Castillo has 29 saves. Like, that's something that could happen. Pete Fairbanks could have 18 saves, and, you know, then maybe they spread out from there. But 
the main thing is like be willing to adjust. And if you see like all of a sudden, like, yeah, one of their closers is like getting rolled out three or four times a week for save opportunities. I think you need to jump on it. Uh, and then lastly, I have MLB does announce the DH universal. Yeah, DH. That it's was coming. written down here. So I want to put that out there. I've been saying this all off season, but for posterity sake, I want to get that out here. That's it. Um, very quickly. We only have a couple minutes left, but I want to give you the opportunity. The last time you and I had talked, we talked about uh, what your ambitions were, right? You said you wanted to get better at video and you mm-hmm. said you want to get better at writing. I say this as an extremely biased friend of yours. I consider you a close personal friend. You send me cuts of meat that you're grilling all the time. <laughs> um, I want to hear from you. What has that process been like? Obviously you stream. I mean, you got the, you got the stream yard going. You've got your articles on Rotoballer. You spent a ton of time on it. I feel like, like you are leaps and bounds better than you were even a few months ago. But like, what does that experience look like for you? Because like, like I said, just from like a super biased standpoint of like a friend to a friend, like I'm super proud of you. And like, I'm just like, you're doing all the things that you said you wanted to do. So what are your thoughts? Well, I appreciate it. First, um, I am doing more video. I still, I didn't come close to where I want to learn how to do more stuff. Like, you know, how Curlin's doing stuff and other guys. I want to know how mm-hmm. to edit it and do cool stuff like that. Like I want to take it to the next level with video things. That's what I need to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. I got a little roadblock that came about eight months ago. So that's kind of hindered what's going on with a lot of my free time to learn how to do things. Um, Roadblock is the name of his firstborn, guys. <laughs> <laughs> my little honey. Uh, and that's actually her name. It's not spelled like the food, but it's a, it's her name. And um, yep. the uh, the writing, though, I'm doing a lot more. And that's why even I try to do like this little blurbs on my own site, Fantasy DJs, just to kind of keep me writing. Because the more I do it, the better I think I get when I take breaks. It's like learning a foreign language or something. So mm-hmm. um, you lose it. That I, am, that I am doing a lot more. But the um, the video I need to um, figure out some more of. So what what is what are some actionable steps that, that you can put out there? So this is an accountability podcast, right? As we wrap up, what what is what what are you going to be doing? You know, obviously this is draft season. I know this is the busiest time of year for you content creators, right? This is when you get your most downloads, most of the attentions on you guys. Baseball is one of those weird sports. I think it's like baseball and NASCAR, where uh, the viewership and the attention wanes as the season goes on. Like with basketball, the ratings go up. With football, the ratings go up. With baseball, it goes down, obviously. So like now that things are going to be a little more manageable from a work standpoint, you know, uh, you know, from a podcasting point for you, you know, Annie's a little bit older, obviously. So hopefully like her, her, that situation is kind of a little bit more stable. Like what are some tangible things you're going to try to do here in the next month, two months, three months, whatever to, to kind of get closer to your goals? Well, I'll be realistic on it. It'll probably be in the off season again. Cause with me is when season long slows down DFS picks up. So um, that yeah. makes it difficult for me and my real job, which gets busier in the summertime. So for me, it'll be in the off season, but th- that's when I'll um, Curlin pointed me to some um, videos to watch to help me get better. I've already looked into getting into the Adobe stuff. Um, I've done the research on what I need. Now I seem to go do it. So, um, it so will there be is an a plan. Project. There is a plan. It's just, it's going to okay. be this off season. So I'm hoping by like, my goal would be to learn it early off season by like late December, January. I'll have some cool videos coming out for like next season's prep. That'd be my plan. I could say to, to piggyback off what you're saying, like I want to do like the whole green screen thing, right? Yeah. Like, like not even, not even that, you know, like I have like my own setup or I have my own pockets or anything like that, but I do so many of these guest appearances and stuff. Like it, it, it would look nicer. It makes for a better production. Like whenever I come on like your podcast, like, you know, I don't want people to see like my, my, my hat rack, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want people to, to see like the brick wall of the garage that I'm recording in, you know? So 
I, I would like to kind of class it up a little bit like that um, and just kind of have like a more professional setting. Uh, I did a, the Nick Pollock and Friends podcast. Yes. And for the first time, he actually helped me adjust my audio settings and like showed yeah. me how to like do my mic and everything like that. And uh, he says like, I've never sounded better. And like the feedback I'm getting is great. But like, I've had this microphone for years and I never even took the initiative to like get it set up and try yeah, he, to sound he, as, he as made good me as I turn- he made me turn my Yeti around and it's supposedly better too. So yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> he was watching me on a live stream and he, he sends me a message and goes, Hey, the red light's supposed to face you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sweet. I've only done yep. hundreds of podcasts, hundreds of them. I mean, you're probably pushing a thousand at this point between all the different streams and stuff you've done. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. I was looking at it. I, I'm actually, I got to be over a thousand if I start adding them all up. So yeah, it's yep. uh it's a lot. Five days a week when, when the season starts, gets going. So yeah. it's a good time. Last thing I'll but say you, real quick. It's it's been a couple of years, Bubba, since you've taken down a GPP. Uh, <laughs> what's the plan there? What's the plan? Well, the plan is to do it again. I took one down in basketball this year, but nothing like baseball. I, I see that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, nothing like baseball, but uh, Bubba doesn't like yeah. talking about this, guys. And I bring this up every time I get on a podcast with him. Bubba took down 50K on a podcast, okay? <laughs> it was a four or in a podcast. He took down 50K in a tournament while I was sleeping, okay? It was a $4 tournament, if I if I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. And I asked you, I said, Bubba, listen, man, you're the man. Props. Can I get my $4 back? And he never <laughs> sent it to me. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, then again, I, I offered to pay you when you were down here for Sammy's deal because you guys drove right by me on the freeway where I live yep. when you went yep. to San Luis Obispo. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll remember that, too. But um, you have to go. Um, yeah, I do. we, we got to get out. you out. I uh, I love having you on. I always love having you on. We need to do it more often. We always say that. We say that life, every time. Life happens. Time. It always happens. But yeah. we need to make a point to do it. So um, we will do it again, everybody. Check out Yancey on Twitter, obviously, at Yancey Eaton. I'm at Bediantric. Rate and review the podcast. We'd appreciate all that good stuff. But until next time, Bench with Bubba, episode 359 with our good, good friend, Yancey Eaton. Catch you guys later.